0: your coronavirus update. It is November 27, 2023. I am Jim Watkins, and we welcome you to the new edition of the coronavirus update. We'll take a look at the trends. We'll also look at the adverse effects reports, the latest reports from the CDC, and you can expect updates every Monday now moving forward. And again, a, a, a slightly different presentation of COVID-19 and the coronavirus update. We'll still have the data so that you can take a look at what's happening from week to week, but we've decided to expand and allow ourselves a chance to look more deeply at the post-COVID pandemic and the after effects. Uh, We started with spread and mitigation, and now we can explore the post-effects of how we dealt with COVID-19, both as nations, as governments, as health leaders, Uh, And more news continues to come out on the results of how we dealt with the COVID pandemic, including news of adverse effects, litigation, and new information pertaining to the COVID impacts, i.e. the virus effects, as well as the vaccine effects on the, the human population. So we'll take a look at our trends, and we can tell you that as of yesterday, ending the 26th day of November... We had 852 cases reported in New York. Total number of cases was 1,191, with three deaths reported in the United States. And those three deaths were actually reported from the Veterans Affairs. So no state actually declared any deaths related to COVID-19 or COVID-19 itself. But the Veterans Affairs uh, indicated that three of their service people or uh, people who perhaps serve in the military or are receiving benefits, and our veterans of past wars, uh, declared fatalities, three people. So that represents where we're at. As far as trend line goes in the United States, we're still seeing a, a, a seven-day average of roughly 2,300 cases in the United States of COVID, according to the World Health Organization. But the number of deaths, seven-day average at this point, 25 on average per day in the United States. And that has dropped off from the last month, where that, that number was just below 90, so the number of deaths per day in the United States three-day average is three. So it's still on the decline. I want to take a look also now at the VA- the latest VAERS update, which we use to gauge the vaccine effects uh, for those people who are reporting adverse effects. And this is very important because these numbers are reflective through the VAERS notification system that has been set up by the CDC. They reflect the number of people who are reporting vaccine adverse effects, usually within 72 hours to a week after they have taken their, what would have to be the booster at this point. But there were 36,500 deaths reported so far since vaccines were distributed in the United States. There have been uh, 211,000 hospitalizations. We can report that there have been a little over 5,000 miscarriages reported. Uh, from patients who received a vaccine, uh, 20,983 heart attacks have been reported. And again, we mentioned that this is being reported. This does not represent everyone who has had an adverse effect, only those who reported it through the var system. There have been 27,655 episodes of myocarditis that are on record with the CDC, and 68,416 patients have declared that they were permanently disabled subsequent to getting their vaccine. And other statistics that you can find at openbears.com We want to mention that because it's very important. Openvares.com. Now we want to look at some breaking news uh, that came across our desk last week regarding from zerohedge.com political troops discharge. Headline reads, troops discharged over COVID-19 vaccine refusal sue U.S. government for billions in lost wages. And this comes via the Epoch Times from Zachary Stryber. The former military members are seeking back pay, damage, damages, and other compensation. Nicholas Basson, an Army sergeant who was discharged in 2022 for not getting a vaccine, says he is trying to get compensation on the amount of $120,000. The suit, filed in recent months, argues that when Congress compelled the U.S. Department of Defense to rescind its COVID-19 vaccine mandates, lawmakers carefully chose their wording. Congress expresses or expressly chose the term rescind rather than the more customary language such as repeal, amend, or verify. To direct the DOD and the courts that the rescission should be applied retroactively, one states. To support the argument, lawyers pointed to U.S defense secretary lloyd austin's january 10th memorandum in which the retired general rescinded the mandate and ordered military leaders to remove adverse actions pertaining to vaccine refusal from the records of members still serving so in other words uh, u.s defense secretary lloyd austin chose the word rescind rather than the word repeal uh, for legal reasons mr austin also said that former members could lodge petitions to request corrections to their records. So if you were discharged and received a dishonorable discharge because you refused to take a vaccine, you could actually lodge a petition to get your service record amended. Quote, Secretary Austin acknowledged the congressional directive to apply the rescission retroactively by, among other things, committing to correct all the paperwork and adverse personnel actions resulting from noncompliance with the now voided mandates and orders issued pursuant to it, according to the lawsuit. We think there's some pretty strong precedent in our favor because when Congress repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell, they used the word repeal. When they did this, used the word rescind. Dale Sarin, one of the attorneys, represents the former members told the Epoch Times in an email. Everybody should be made whole again, Mr. Sarin added later. They should be right back in the position they were before. Some of this legislation we're beginning to see now. Uh, there are now three class action suits filed in U.S. Court of Federal Claims. We'll continue in just a moment with the coronavirus update. Now, the other bit of good news is that there's also litigation that is now wide open. You might recall a few months ago, we reported here on the coronavirus update that there were a few lawsuits now pending against vaccine manufacturers. Now, according to this headline, which comes by way of Jim Hoft at the Gateway Pundit, quote, litigation floodgates are now open for MRNA vaccine injured. A comprehensive list of 90 attorneys around the world available for lawsuits against vaccine manufacturers. Why this is important is because a year ago you would have been hard-pressed to find any law, lawyer, or legal team who was willing to take on the federal government. But now that has changed. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican from Georgia, held a hearing on COVID-19 vaccine injuries early this month where she vowed to expose the truth behind the COVID-19 vaccines. Greene was joined by Representatives Clay Higgins of Louisiana, Barry Moore from Alabama, Thomas Massey, and Greg Stubbe from Florida to hear expert testimony from Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Kimberly Biss, and Thomas Renz in the Rayburn House office building. The Gateway Pundit, according to the article, has reported extensively on injuries and sudden deaths, as we too here at Coronavirus Update has also have done. And they say that uh, the COVID-19 vaccines and the Biden regime's mandates uh, have caused uh, more adverse effects that are not being reported. And on our website, you would find a link so that you can watch the full hearing. Uh, if a petition is filed and it is determined that a vaccine or Covered Countermeasures Cause an Injury, the Health Resource and Services Administration, or HRSA, an agency of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, has two programs available to compensate the petitioner financially, or certain survivors may be eligible for death benefits. The two programs offered are the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program, known as CICP, and the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program VICP for claims associated with the COVID-19 vaccine or other COVID-19 related countermeasures you can file your request for benefits and countermeasures through their injury compensation program and this information we will post on our website as well here's a list of some of the claims that have been filed thus far total 19 or total COVID-19 claims filed Thus far, as of November 1st, 12,358. Decisions, 1,621. Claims found eligible for converse, uh, compensation, 33. Eight people or eight uh, parties have been compensated. Claims pending benefits determination is 24 people or 24 cases. And claims with no eligible reported expenses, 1. There were 1,588 patients that were denied any compensation. Of those, medical records were not submitted, standard of proof not met, or the injured that was allegedly covered was not sustained, or they missed their filing deadline, 933. So more than half of those who filed a claim missed their deadline and were thus denied. And then there were another 250 people who were not covered. Now, just to give you an idea on what kind of compensation and under what circumstances? We have that list here per the PHRSA report. And according to this report, there have been 31 people who uh, have filed a complaint saying that they reported anaphylaxis from a COVID vaccine and they received compensation in the amount of $2,000. Patients re, re, uh, uh, claiming damages, mycar- myocarditis received anywhere from $1,500 to $1,000 in compensation. And others are listed as well. One patient received uh, a compensation in the amount of $8,961 uh, for suffering myocarditis from a vaccine. Last month, Stephen Kirch wrote on X, uh, which is a, obviously the Twitter website, you can now sue the mRNA COVID, COVID vaccine manufacturers for damages, and the FDA is required to take the COVID vaccines off the market. Why? Adulteration. The plasmid bioactive contaminant sequences were not pointed out to the regulatory authorities. It's considered adulteration. That comes from Professor Byram Bridle and Dr. Robert Malone. The newsletter states that Kevin McKernan is a friend, and has a lot of experience in this field, and his results have been replicated by others all over the world. He found that the COVID vaccine contains therapeutic levels of plasmid DNA. DNA is perpetual. It lasts forever. And if it integrates into your genome, you will produce the product forever. The main takeaways are the mRNA vaccines are contaminated with SV40 and other unknown properties. This, according to the study, should never have been allowed. The vials exceeded the guidelines by orders of magnitude, according to the report, and the discovery was confirmed by Health Canada. The FDA and the uh, the CDC are remaining silent on this issue. As far as anyone knows, nothing is being done right now to assess the implications of the findings. To view detailed information, go to our website, jimwatkins onecom and we will post the story today. And that concludes our update this time up for the coronavirus update. We appreciate you uh, following us all these many years and months since we've been reporting facts, not fear. And we'll continue every Monday here on the Coronavirus Update Podcast. I'm Jim Watkins.